Welcome back to Boilers and Beyond. I'm Jordan Jones. We are back here today, Sunday morning after Purdue's bizarre 28-26 win over Florida Atlantic. I've been to a lot of games that just felt dumb at ross Aid Stadium over the years. This one might have taken the cake. Uh, all around, just a game where there is a lot to talk about for Purdue as they leave September with a 2-2 two and two record and prepare to get into the heart of Big Ten play. Going to break down all things FAU here on the show today. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Certainly a weird one. Uh, the storyline of Aiden O'Connell's absence was one that uh, I don't think you know anyone wanted to be a big story. But of course, word got out rather quickly later in the week that uh, there was reason to doubt whether Aiden O'Connell would be able to suit up on Saturday. It turned out that he sustained a rib injury in the game against Syracuse and was unable to go. So Purdue had to turn to Austin Burton for the first time, a guy who's in his third year with the Purdue program, but really hadn't seen much action. We saw him a little bit last year, and by a little bit, I mean on maybe a dozen snaps or so when Purdue was doing their little multi-quarterback thing for a few games, and that was really about it. Uh, we hadn't seen him really play significant snaps ever, so this was the first we saw of him. We saw what the offense looked like. Uh, it was a situation where you could tell that Purdue had a really nice script put together. They came out, and the first drive of the game was clean. It was crisp. I thought Purdue did a really nice job on that. Now, when it was 7 nothing, my first thought was, we will see what happens when they get off script because it's a completely different offense with Austin Burton in there compared to what you run with Aiden O'Connell. Austin Burton certainly presents mobility that Aiden O'Connell doesn't, but it was clear as day that, A, Austin Burton's not someone who's very skilled throwing the ball downfield, and B, that the staff doesn't trust Austin Burton to throw the ball down the field. Um, you know, overall, 21 for 29, a buck 66, three touchdowns and a pick. About as good as you could have expected from Austin Burton, I think. It's a tough situation to come in. At what point, you know, Purdue knew that O'Connell wasn't going to be able to give it a go, I don't know. But you assume at least, you know, most of the week was probably spent with Burton as the presumptive starter. But still, you know, that's a tough spot to be in. It's a completely different offense. And I think all in all, Burton did a fine job. You know, he added eight carries for 15 yards. I do think there was a sack in there, too, that uh, certainly knocked off that rushing. But, you know, all in all, I think Burton was about as good as you could ask for. The issue, I think, is that, you know, that's a massive, massive drop-off 
from Aiden O'Connell to the backup quarterback. And in an offense that so heavily features downfield passing, where it is, you know, it's almost a pass first and pass second type of offense. It's not an air raid, but it is so heavily focused on passing that to have that big of a drop-off, that's a little bit concerning. Uh, I We saw Michael Lamo for one series. That was really weird, I thought. I don't know if that was just a change of pace type of deal to try to throw him in there, but, you know, uh, the offense didn't, you know, it was a three and out. He threw it downfield. We've always kind of talked on this show. Every time we've seen him, you know, in the spring game and all that, he throws it downfield, uh, but, you know, nothing really got going there, and we saw Austin Burton from there on out. Um, But just to have that big of a drop-off from your starter to your backup, yes, that says a lot about Aiden O'Connell, but that also says a lot about what's behind him on the depth chart. I wondered from the start of the season, you know, if this situation were to happen, and of course for Purdue, you didn't want this to happen. This was your biggest fear, really, was that Aiden O'Connell wouldn't be able to play in a game or for an extended period of time, who they would go with. But it's clear that Austin Burton is that number two guy on the depth chart, and I think it was justified based off his performance in this game. The passing attack, though, really just wasn't very good. Um, it, you know, I'll do the quick math here, yards per attempt, but... 5.7 yards per attempt, not uh, not great, <laughs> um, not great at all. That's not, you know, that's that's just not what this offense is designed to do. Now, Purdue did do a nice job running the ball in this game. They they were able to move the ball against an overmatched opponent physically. Florida Atlantic didn't have much up front. That's not how that team is designed Uh, they just aren't that big Dylan Downing heck of a game he had a few big runs uh, finished with 113 yards on 15 carries Devin Mockaby did a did nice as well Uh, 37 yards on six carries also added four catches for 59 yards so flirting with 100 total yards there for Mockaby as well um you know, really nice performance by those guys. Saw a little bit of Kobe Lewis, but again, we know where the pecking order of these running backs stands. If King Daru isn't there, Downing and Maccabee are your next guys. Um, don't know when Doru's going to be back. He missed the game again. We'll see if he comes back for Minnesota. I, I do, and I'm just kind of going offense to defense here. Um this going position group scrolling down the stat sheet, but it's clear as day now. Purdue does not have a number two receiver. And I know that this is hard to compare when Purdue was not pushing the ball down the field at all, but you only had three receivers catch a pass in this game. Charlie Jones had 59 yards, um, two touchdowns 
nine receptions, I guess. Am I seeing this right? Interesting. Okay. Nine receptions for 59 yards. Tyrone Tracy, three for nine yards. Two for 22 for TJ Sheffield. We talked about Maccabee. And then Payne Durham, four catches for 17 yards. That Charlie Jones coming in is a godsend because without him, whew, this would be this would be tough. Brock Thompson injured. Don't know when he's going to come back. Don't know what he'll look like when he's back. But guys like Mershawn Rice, uh, Deion Burks made a nice play in special teams. Didn't see much from him in the past game, though. Still no signs of Abdul Rahman Yassin. This is a wide receiver group that we haven't seen a whole lot from this year outside of Charlie Jones. And now that we're, uh, we're a third into the season, I think in general, it's probably time to start moving on from what preseason expectations were and just start looking at what you've seen so far. And outside of Charlie Jones... We know what Payne Durham's capable of, but outside of those two, not an impressive Purdue receiving core to this point. Times can change, no doubt, but for now, that's what we've seen. On the defensive side of the ball is where I think this game was a little bit more disappointing for Purdue. You know, Purdue got outgained in this game, 419 to 354. Um, that's discouraging as can be. 419 yards to Florida Atlantic is rather discouraging. Now, Purdue eked out the time of possession win, 30, you know, by a minute and three seconds. Purdue's defense really struggled in this game, I thought. Um, we knew, you know, we brought this up in our three keys ahead of this game. Purdue needed to make Nikosi Perry throw. He made a few nice throws on the game, but for the most part, FAU ran it incredibly effectively, especially Perry. Uh, they did a nice job with him running the ball. Uh, you know, he had 93 yards. Next closest had 39. But regardless, you know, Purdue didn't do a great job in terms of staying home on zone read plays. I thought as a whole, Purdue's defensive backs really struggled both against the pass and in the run game. I thought they were out of position a good amount. Tackling is a massive issue with this team. Uh, this is not a good tackling team. And when you're getting ready to go into Big Ten West play, that becomes more and more of a concern. Because if you're struggling tackling against Florida Atlantic, you're in for some real trouble when you head to play Minnesota, a very physical very run-heavy team. You're going to play Wisconsin. You're going to play Iowa. You're going to play Illinois. If you can't tackle, beating those teams becomes a very, very steep proposition. I thought Jacob Wahlberg did a nice job. We saw a lot more of him than we had gotten used to in the defense. He finished with eight tackles to lead Purdue. I like what I've seen from OC Brothers for the most part, but that late hit was just a killer. And it's those penalties. You know, Purdue didn't just get annihilated with penalties today the way they did against Syracuse, but Purdue still, you know, 
it's that penalty that hurts. A couple of defensive holdings hurt. That's been a problem all season, and you saw a little bit more of it. Only five penalties for 55 yards. That's not the end of the world, but it's just the way they come. And that late hit from OC Brothers, it. I, I know that you know it's a dropped pass, and so be it, but he was a few steps away. I mean, you've got to have your head up and see that and slow down and not just hit him. Uh, that directly led, you know, that's a situation where I think it would have been fourth and 10, a must punt situation that leads to a first down where uh, FAU scores. They score on that drive. Just a backbreaking penalty that didn't end up costing Purdue the game, but it, if Purdue lost, that would have been a play you looked at and said that's a game changer. That's just frustrating. Purdue doesn't have much of a pass rush, uh, no sacks in this game for Purdue, and they really weren't all that close a lot. That's becoming a bit of a concern as you move into Big Ten play. This isn't a defense that makes a lot of big plays. Yes, Chris Jefferson had the interception and a nice return off of a bad pass. And yes, you had the fumble on the quarterback sneak. Just, a, again, a dumb game all around, like I said in the open. Uh, credit to Jacob Wahlberg for knocking it out. Sanusi Kane, my goodness, giving everyone a heart attack, trying to return that instead of just going down. But Purdue was able to come away and get this win. The defense wasn't great. The offense wasn't great. Purdue all around wasn't great. Now, Jack Ansel didn't had a nice game. He had one heck of a punt early on in the game. What did that punt end up going for? 67-yard punt. That was really nice. I think all things considered, he's been really good for you. We saw Charlie Jones have a nice punt return, and we saw Deion Burks have a nice kick return. I think we might be to the point now where Jones is only going to be a punt return guy. I just, I wonder with him taking hits, how much you want him to be on the kick return team. I I don't know. That's a spot where you can really take some big hits and he's awfully important to the offense. But that was all good. Mitchell Finneran, it it's like we've talked about. I, We talked about it last week. We had a question about it. He's a fine kicker, but he doesn't have a big leg. And when you're short from 47, that means you really don't have a big leg. Uh, that's, really, that's really concerning. Um, he went through a slump last year where he missed like five of his six kicks or something, maybe four of five. You really hope that's not what this snowballs into, but I I think we're reaching the point where, you know, anything beyond 40 is a major question mark. Um, certainly not ideal. He has been reliable inside of 40 his whole career at Purdue, but outside of 40, boy, concerning. Uh, leaving that short was very worrisome. All things considered, Look, September is over now. 
And we'll go a little bit deeper into this later this week when we preview Minnesota. Bad month for Purdue. Uh, Bad injury luck. Certainly losing Jalen Graham has missed the last three games. Whether he plays at Minnesota or not, that's going to be big to watch. Losing King Doru. Losing Brock Thompson. uh, Losing... T. Denson, you know, we don't know much about yet, but you'd rather have him than not have him. And, of course, losing Aiden O'Connell. Injury luck has really been bad for Purdue so far, but even with that being said, this hasn't looked like a very good football team. This has looked like a football team that really relies on two players on offense, Aiden O'Connell and Charlie Jones. This has looked like a defense that is decent at times, but doesn't make big plays. Uh, Not a lot of sacks, not a lot of ball hawking turnovers, which that's a bit of a luck thing, but not a ton there. This hasn't looked like that good of a football team. And I know you didn't have Aiden O'Connell on Saturday against Florida Atlantic, but to only win this game by two and to be outgained and just the way your scores came. I mean, you score on your scripted drive and then you have a two minute drill offense that looks great and scores. Um, You have a scoring drive that was set up by an interception, right? Am I trying to think if I'm right on that timing or not, but Purdue didn't look good in this. I don't I, I think there are a lot of reasons to be concerned about this group moving into Big Ten play. Certainly, if you don't have Aiden O'Connell, it's difficult to see this team beat incredible opponents. Um I don't know what the outlook for Saturday in Minneapolis is going to be in terms of him playing. Jeff Brom was very non-committal when he was asked about it in the post game said it could be next week it could be a couple weeks you know he doesn't know um it's gonna be a long day if Purdue doesn't have Aiden O'Connell I can tell you that right now um this offense you know this is an offensive program this is an offense that is built to throw the ball down the field If they can't do that, then it gets tough to see this going well. But just in general, um, a weird game, a really weird game, I, I think there's plenty of reason to be concerned here. If you want to play the optimistic route, you know, you got to win without your best player and you are missing a number of key guys, you get a win and you move on. But I think, you know, you're really looking at a situation now where you're two and two. In terms of the West, it doesn't look great. I think Minnesota looks like the best team in the West right now. Wisconsin, you know, that's a monkey on your back that you've never been able to get off. Maryland looks decent. You got to play them. Nebraska looks bad. Northwestern looks god-awful. But as a whole, I mean, look, you're probably looking at a situation where 
whatever your preseason expectations were, and I know a lot of the listeners had pretty high expectations, those probably aren't going to get hit. Um, really not a good start to the season for Purdue. We will see what Aiden O'Connell's situation looks like ahead of Minnesota. Uh, I don't think Purdue can win that game without him. With him, I wouldn't rule it out, but it's going to be a difficult one. Uh, Purdue has to improve pretty quickly on just both big and little things. You know, the dumb penalties, the lousy tackling, um, getting more than one receiver open. Uh, There's a lot here that I think were concerns coming into the season or maybe weren't concerns, but have become concerns. We'll see what goes on. This is a critical month of October. If Purdue wants to have any chance to do something in the Big Ten West or you know, get to that 7-8 win mark, you're going to need a 2-2 two and two at worst month. We'll see what happens. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday, I believe, to preview the Minnesota game. Hopefully by that point we have a much more defined idea of what Purdue's quarterback situation is going to be. Um, until then, we will see what Jeff Brom says. You know, his press conference on Monday, his radio show on Wednesday night. He talks to the media on Thursday as well. But until then, it's going to be interesting. Be sure to send over some questions to me at Boilers Beyond on Twitter. We will, as always, do a mailbag in the second half of the Minnesota preview episode, and we'll go from there. But uh, until then, take care. Uh, enjoy, enjoy your week. Be safe, and we will talk to you later this week to preview Purdue and Minnesota.